Welcome everyone to another episode of LPF Debrief where we talk about comic books, TV shows, and movies. And on today's episode, as you guys can see there at the bottom, I am going to be reviewing Wakanda Forever, the latest of the MCU movies, the last of Phase 4. Um, this is Black Panther 2. It's called Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. So um, yeah, as always guys, there's going to be spoilers ahead. Um, so if you don't like spoilers, go ahead and pause it. Go watch the movie. Uh, I, I would recommend watching the movie before you definitely listen to this one for sure. Unless you don't care about spoilers. If you don't care, then, you know, stick around with me um, and I'll give you my thoughts. And as always, guys, if you don't mind, just like, subscribe, do all that good stuff for us so that it helps the algorithm. So let me get right into it because I don't want to make this one as long as I could make it. But um. <laughs> Let's get into my review of this movie. So before I even talk about that, I just want to get into pretty much what um, going into this movie. I think it was a, a very important thing about how this movie was even made um, in general, just like with all of everything, with the passing of Chadwick Boseman and how that was going to affect this movie and um, pretty much the story. Right. Because um, when Chadwick past you know uh everyone was kind of worried about what direction this movie was going to go into and um i think people wanted you know obviously t'challa is a very important character to uh the mcu a very important character to the marvel universe in general and here's one of those things where it is really hard to separate fandom and real life situations right so in this case, I was one of the people who, like, I understood why people would say they wanted T'Challa to be recasted, right? I understood the the want for that to, you know, that the, the character should be more than the actor, right? I, I understood that. I don't agree. Um, I agree with it to a certain extent. I think that is very situational, and we've never been in a situation of this magnitude with this particular with this kind of a character and the influence that this character had um and just the actor playing this particular character right because regardless of what is said um you know chadwick played four movies of playing t'challa um and that's i think that's a very important context before we go into you know wanting to recast and and things of that nature, because uh, just the impact that Chadwick Boseman had on this particular character, just within, again, not just the, you know, black community, but just in general, right? Um, and the way that he affected his peers, um, I think is a very important part that a lot of us, um, a lot of people who wanted him to be recasted for this particular movie are missing the human element of movie making and i think that's very very important um in this sense because imagine having to and this goes for for every for all parties right imagine watching black panther one and watching t'challa and watching chadwick really embody this role and what he did for everyone who you know everyone knows him as as you know t'challa so imagine you trying to recast him right and telling all of his peers who had this very strong connection with 
this man to now start working with someone else um, for this character that they feel that, you know, Chadwick really helped make this movie, um, make this character who he is. And then imagine recasting the person and that person that's getting recasting, trying to fill those shoes, right? So you're already in a very, very tough situation where I think us as fans, we kind of go to this, this um, thing where, oh, you know, actors and actresses, they're professionals and directors, and we don't think of them as humans. And I'm not saying I do this. I'm just saying in general, that's kind of the thing where we're just kind of like, we're not putting the filmmaking aspect into it. So it's easy for us on the side who don't have like a, as deep as a connection with Chadwick Boseman, um, that the, his peers, his actors, his directors, like Ryan Krugler gives so much credit for Black Panther being made because of Chadwick Boseman. So imagine him trying to now, you know, trying to direct someone else that he feels, you know, that they, that they want to recast because everyone else feels that, you know, all oh, this character is too important to not recast. And, um, I think it's a, I think that's very important, uh, regardless of, you know, if you wanted him to be recasted or not, or I just feel like it would have been too soon to recast him for this particular movie, right? I felt like you would have to do it in a way we're in the comic book space. There's plenty of ways I feel like a, you know, brought up can happen where you can actually replace, like replace the character, um, and things like that. So going into the character, it was going into this movie. It was really, you know, there was a lot of people wanting him to, you know, wanting the recast. Um, I wouldn't even say a lot of people. I say there were some, like some people who wanted a recast. Um, and then there's, you know, obviously the, 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 the cast and, and directors and, and Feige and everyone at the MCU are tell are saying, look, he meant way too much for us to just recast him in this movie. And I agree with that. Right. Because again, I feel like this is very different circumstances and we can look at it as, um, this is a very different circumstance. This is not a circumstance that we've seen in any other movie. Um, John, like any other, like where you're replacing a superhero of the magnitude that again, this is very different with the way that people went out to go see black Panther, especially, you know, black people. So it's really hard to, um, embody making that change in this movie so ryan coogler was presented with a very difficult task i feel to make a movie that um or you know essentially his friend that has passed and 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 knowing that he has to take over the helm of how how critically and audience acclaimed um black panther one was right so he 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 had a really tough task for this movie and um uh, and with that said, I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I think he did with the circumstance that he had did everything he could to make this movie work in with in very, very, very difficult um, circumstances. Right. So for him to now have, you know, again, a friend who is has passed on and um, who was an essential you know, piece to making this movie. Um, it, it was just really hard to make this movie. So he then made the, he essentially made this movie as a tribute and a, um, they actually ending, ending up. And we find this out in the beginning of the movie, basically 
they ended up having T'Challa pass of a unknown illness, right? And he, they made it very um, close to exactly what happened to, to Chadwick, right? Like something that kind of happened out of nowhere, um, at least for us, right? For us seeing it on the side, we didn't know Chadwick Boseman had cancer until he passed from it, um, uh, uh, you know? And um, that's kind of the thing. We see a very, very intense scene with Shuri trying to save, you know, T'Challa trying to make the, um, the, 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 the heart-shaped herb again to, you know, maybe helpful, hopefully help um, T'Challa in his illness and um, trying to recover from that. And it was a very powerful scene there in the beginning because it's very, they didn't babysit us at all with um, the fact that we're going to now experience what the death of the character T'Challa is, right? So it kind of reopens that, um, it reopened that uh, just Chadwick's passing because it's like, man, this character, and the it also tells me how Ryan Coogler um, viewed Chadwick. He, he viewed Chadwick as T'Challa. So he, enough so that he wanted, he, that beginning scene was very much what, probably what they felt in real time right and it you could tell the emotions i feel like all those emotions were real right from uh queen ramonda from you know shuri uh just the actresses um as far as you know shuri i mean as far as uh leticia right and um angela bassett just giving you real authentic like feels right and and shuri's like in a in a full panic trying to you know she's trying to save her brother um that she feels and i, I that's very symbolic to just again, how they, they felt just as for them, right. Of, of what was going on with the situation in the real world. So, um, I thought, you know, a lot of that stuff bled over like the real world into this movie because it was very important to them to, to honor Chadwick, um, to, to make him really feel like he, you know, he was the care, he was T'Challa to the, to, to them. And, um, uh, to to emphasize that so much in the movie to where you made the character pass essentially um i thought was you know the way that they did it was very tasteful um they did the the whole funeral um basically and they did uh just in beautiful wakanda fashion just again and and you could see how it was in wakanda and how t'challa was revered and um i think it was again it was something that we felt also right like because that's the way we felt um, and then you saw that it was a celebration of life more than a funeral. Um, and I thought that was very important to see what the, you know, everyone was wearing white. Um, they were dancing, they were smiling. I know people were asking like, what it's cause it's more of a celebration of what he was as T'Challa as King for Wakanda. Right. And what he brought to Wakanda. And I think that was a very important thing. They didn't want you to be saddened by the death of T'Challa, they wanted you to understand, like, you know, feel good about the way that he carried his life. And I think that's a very important scene there. Um, again, just to kick off the movie, uh, I obviously cried from, you know, from Jump Street. I was already in tears. And then when they showed the Marvel, the, you know, the Marvel reel that they normally show in the beginning of, of all the Marvel movies where it was just Chadwick, it was very emotional at that point. And, and that's where that movie wanted to take you. It, it wanted to take you on this emotional ride because that's where we were going for this movie. There was no if, ands or buts about that. We were going for a ride that was going to be emotional. Um, we then, after that scene, pretty much we go 
and we have, you know, a lot to introduce into this world. Right. And, um, one of the things that, you know, even before you even watched the movie, you knew that Namor was going to be announced, which came with a lot of criticism because people feel that, you know, oh, he doesn't look like the character does in the comics, blah, blah. Listen, there's, as a person who reads a lot of comic books and, um, I used to be like that. I used to be one of the people who felt that the, you know, comics needed to be the, the appearance of the characters needed to be, um, exactly the way it was in the comics. I am no longer, I don't think like that anymore because essentially for certain characters that doesn't matter. Um, especially like if the character is playing a different by a different race, um, it matters in situations, right? And that's a very important thing. Um, Namor's being white does not affect his character if you make a character change, right? And that's a very important because a lot of people can go, oh, well, what, you know, you can't make Black Panther white. No, you cannot. <laughs> there is a reason for that. It's the same way. I don't think you could ever make Batman black because his money and his financial being and the way that he is like that affects what Batman is. So it's going to be a different, completely different story if you did that for Batman. And I think that's very important. Um, Namor at, as being, you know, a mutant and being a character that is underwater, like, and things like that, that doesn't, really affect the nature of the character so you can make him from anywhere he just has to have what makes namor namor like like obviously he has to have his um he has to have his you know obviously like atlantis but they don't call them atlanteans in this movie um but like he he's the king of this thing and um he you know obviously the leader of the you know the people on the under like a leader of atlantis again not called atlanteans in this but that's the important thing that you take from this character. And that's where I'm saying where his race is not going to play a major factor in who is casted by him. So when the casting came out, obviously I wasn't upset um, because I, I just, you know, I don't associate the, I don't, again, he doesn't have to be white in my opinion. So um, I don't think that affects his character in any way. So I actually love the spin that they, they took with Namor, right? Especially when you have the, um, introduction that when you already introduced Aquaman. Um, and again, this is one of those things where real life situations can affect the way that a movie is made, right? Because a lot of us and, you know, a lot of the, the people I know, uh, that really taught, like really are into comics and stuff like that. You, you know, we can be able to tell the difference and a lot of non-casual fans will be able to tell the difference when you're watching a movie, but we have to also understand there's a lot of people who have no context in anything that happens in the comic books or are going to watch a movie just to watch a movie. Right? So if you would have seen Aquaman and you heard them calling everyone Atlanteans and Aquaman's the king of, you know, king of Atlantis and, and all this stuff. And then you watch this, this as a casual fan, then watch black Panther and hear the same thing, you're a lot of people might find that confusing. So why even bother? Because there's a lot of people who just rope, um, they just rope comic book movies into one thing. They have no idea what DC is, what no idea Marvel is. They're just going to watch a movie and they, you know, if they see things like that, 
they might get confused. They're already going to be like, well, isn't that the same character? Like, you know what I mean? And it's not right. Because Namor was, was first, but, um, obviously they're, you know, very similar characters, but again, that doesn't mean, you know, if people see that on screen as casual fans, they might not understand that. And one thing that we have to understand as being in the minority of comic book readers and people who are actually into that content, we are in the minority of these things, right? So we definitely go to these movies, expect like going to watch these movies, but we're never the, we're never the majority of the people of the ticket sales. It's just not, just not there. We don't, we're not those people because again, what happens is you have to kind of cater these movies to both audiences, which is when you have the perfect balance is when you can cater it to both audiences where you can not make the, the comic book and the, you know, people who are into this media upset, but you can also please the, com uh, the common moviegoer. And that, and those are the movies that you'll see are the most successful. So, um, yeah. So for, as far as, as Namor went and the way that they did it, um, that scene basically where it starts off and we just see everyone, you know, um, I forget the name, what <laughs> I forget what they were called in this movie. Um, it's not Atlanteans. It starts with the T, which I mean, I've seen, I've seen it twice. Um, but I, uh, the Tolkien, 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 I think it's Tolkien. So, um, that's what their names are, right? So in this movie, and I love what I love the design that they did for them. Um, I loved the fact that, you know, when they're in the water, they look um, human. They look regular. Uh, once they're outside of the water, they turn blue. Um, it very much harped on the whole mutant aspect, which I think is um, I loved the fact that we don't have to we no longer have to kind of hide that word or figure out what's going to happen with that word. It's no longer a, uh, Oh, like he's a mutant or like we can't say the word mutants kind of like what they did with, uh, Avengers two. when, um, when they were talking about not even Avenger two, uh, it was a post-credit scene of when they showed, um, Wanda and, and, uh, Quicksilver. And basically they were like, you know, they're special. Like they weren't, you know, we were far removed from those times. Now we can actually call, characters who are going to be mutants, mutants. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing that we, you know, are making, uh, and a really cool progress. And again, we're, we're slowly getting to our, you know, our goal, one of our goals, which is, you know, having the mutants very, uh, very prominent in this world. And, um, soon we'll have, you know, the X-Men and things like that. So I, I was glad that we can kind of just call them mutants and call them what they are, uh, which made me really happy. And, um, yeah, so we, you know, they, we have that awesome scene. Like I said, they were very capturing in that first scene. Uh, basically they, you know, um, America, the Americans were looking for, uh, for vibranium. We had a very cool, very powerful scene by, um, Angela Bassett, who was absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Uh, she basically, you know, people are trying to get vibranium because they thought, oh, you know, that they were going to, you know, automatically start giving vibranium, which was never part of the plan, was never part of the thing. They said they would share resources and outposts and things like that. And knowledge never said that they were going to. So now, you know, people are trying to go get vibranium from outposts and things like that. Um, and we see a very cool scene 
where they kind of they they make they blend what's going on we see someone trying to rob a vibranium outpost uh we see queen uh ramonda saying you know basically listen you guys can't come into Wakanda. We're not giving you guys any of these resources as far as things, because we know what kind of people you guys are. Uh, and to prove that, we're going to show you guys that the people of France basically tried to come in there and take, you know, this post expecting because they know T'Challa's dead, that they would be able to, it would be um, Wakanda doesn't have his protector. Obviously, we know the Dora Milaje is there. They're protecting the outpost. And um, we have a very cool fight scene there where they're fighting everyone and just basically making sure they can't get the um, they can't get the vibranium. And, uh, you know, the queen is basically like, yeah, don't try that again. Like if you guys ever try to get vibranium outside of the thing, we you know, you will feel sorry about even trying, even attempting. So there's a very cool scene to show that power and that dominance that even though the king is gone, that uh, Wakanda is still a very is still the strong nation that they were. So, um, and people trying to take advantage of the situation, just showing you again, why they don't want to give them vibranium. Uh, so as that, after that scene basically is when we got into, um, you know, where we see this machine, which is really important, uh, that is actually able to detect, uh, vibranium. We find some vibranium outside of the coast. Um, and, Basically, that's when we get introduced to the Tolokan. And um, basically, we find this machine was made by a child. And again, or, uh, you know, uh, a kid that they say. So it's uh, at this point, again, if you know who's in the movie, you kind of know who this character is going to be. So just because of, again, it's tech related. And there's uh, one character who is a teenager who's very smart with technology and yeah, and who was already introduced to say that they were going to be in this movie. Um, as that happened, of course, you know, Wakanda, um, we see Martin Freeman's character basically trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, he's trying to figure out like, oh, you know, someone took this thing off and they basically find out that this, there's a scientist who made this machine uh, in order to, you know, find vibranium. We then see again going through as all that's going through we see that whole the whole trauma of you know of shuri just trying to get over the fact that her her brother passed it we fast forwarded a year uh and then you know her uh ramonda takes her to the you know to the waters and says basically like you know you have to be able to let this go um i know it's hard and shuri basically says look if i you know if i think about my brother like in any for too long i just want the world to burn and then we see Namor make his appearance and he of course comes out with his wing foot. Um, and we think, you know, and I, I thought I knew that was going to be an interesting, the first time I saw it, I, I didn't know if it was going to look goofy. It kind of does at first, but you get very used to it, especially in his action scenes because his action scenes are so clean, like, uh, just the way that they made him move and everything like that. So you kind of have to get used to it at first. But basically, he comes in with an ultimatum saying, hey, like, we need this scientist that basically made this um, machine because, like, we don't want people to find out that, you know, I have this whole, you know, nation down there. So he doesn't want, he wants to, that's his form of protection. It's saying, like, listen, I got this whole, like, a whole 
my people are down there and I don't want people snooping around because we've got vibranium too, but I don't want people snooping around in my neck of the woods because they're looking for vibranium because that's not going to be a good sign clearly. So, you know, this whole, that whole scene happens and, um, you know, it was very, it was a very important scene there. Um, Okoye, the, uh, wants to lead this mission to go get the scientist. Uh, they want to bring, and she's the one who wants to bring Shuri. Uh, and I think again, with Okoye's decision to do that, I get it right. She sees Shuri as a sister also, right? Because it's the same way that she's, that Okoye sees, um, sees T'Challa. So, and she knows she's hurting. She knows she's mourning. Um, and we see that, uh, the queen wants to make sure Shuri stays, right? So obviously with some, some, you know, being able to talk to her and say, Hey, look, I think it'd be good for her. They end up going to MIT, right? Where again, they're going to go see, um, Martin Freeman's character. And he's basically like, you know, doing his run, doing his jog. Uh, Shuri says like, Oh, I get to go see my favorite colonizer. Uh, cause remember the, the line basically in the first one, where she's just like, you know, don't touch my stuff colonizer. So, um, yeah, it was a, a it was a, a good scene, but I felt for me, a lot of the Martin Freeman, um, things, and I'm not going to, you know, basically break down every moment, but, um, a lot of the Martin Freeman character scenes, I was oh, like, I didn't really necessarily need, I felt like if anything, this movie was about 15 minutes too long. Um, it's not a big issue to me though. Right. Like I didn't feel it as much as just, you know, because it, it is an emotional movie, right? So emotional movies tend to, to be longer just because you're going through a lot of emotions, right? And you're feeling a lot of like pain or, you know, happiness or whatever you're going through in the movie. So those tend to be a little bit longer than, than, than your normal movies. And it, and you can feel the runtime in those kind of movies. But, um, I just think with Martin Freeman's character, the way that, um, you know, just the way that they were, and it was just kind of like him and his, I guess, ex-wife, who we all know is going to be the director of the Thunderbolts. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like they were, it wasn't a necessary thing for them to like, cause I already know that the U S is going to try to do stuff. They're not supposed to be doing right. Um, I felt like we could have focused a little bit, like, I don't know if we needed to get that reinsurance of us feeling a certain way about the way that the United States was going to be handled. It was kind of predictable, just that whole, that the whole thing in general, right. Um, as far as what everything, every time they were on the scene, like anytime he contacted Ramonda, uh, or anytime he said something, we knew that he was going to get tracked. Like, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't necessary. Even with the tracking, it didn't feel like anything came up from it. Right. Like what, like nothing came up from it besides, uh, their relationship, which I think we could have saw inside of, um, inside of the Thunderbolts movie. Personally, I think you could have done like a run running at the same time kind of thing or around the same time on why we're forming them. And that could have been put in that movie. I don't think we needed it for this movie, but, um, yeah. So we go on later on and we finally meet, um, the scientist who did it and it's Riri Williams. A lot of people, if you know who Riri Williams is, she is 
Iron Man's protege in the comic books. Obviously, we don't have Iron Man. Um, and plus, Spider-Man kind of took that that um, that role in in the MCU. Uh, but basically, she's heavily inspired by Iron Man. So, um, yeah, and it was, she was a great. She was great. Um, the way just her personality. She brought a, a a nice comedic aspect to the movie that um, I wasn't. I didn't know she was going to bring. Just just um, she was a very vibrant character. Very you know. Um, she was great. She was fantastic. She was, you know, funny. She was witty, you know, and they made her, you know, very smart, which is just like the character just, and Shuri obviously is going to, uh, understand that, right? Because she can see herself in Riri, just basically, uh, this high level tech person, um, making, you know, these things at a very young age, accepted to, you know, MIT, the best technological school. Um, and, and the thing is, once Wakanda obviously was open, um, people started to know the characters and Riri knows who Shuri is. Right. And I just think that's a whole cool moment also where it's just like, oh, I'm meeting the the people from Wakanda. And um, just, you know, having that experience, especially, you know, for her is going to be very inspirational. Right. And just um, but we got some good comedic moments out of Okoye and uh, um riri just basically like just the the banter and things like that and okoya just being like listen i need you to let's go right like um so yeah so we after they meet her they basically we, we have that i thought one uh, a cool cool scene basically where we get the car chase and um we get the car chase uh shuri gets out uh she goes on the bike and then we have the the fight like the first fight between um like Okoye and the Tolikans basically just setting everything up as far as what was going to happen later, uh, just to foreshadow, but also the main takeaway from that, which that Shuri then gets taken away. Uh, and I thought, you know, again, she gets taken away and she's going she, because she wants to, she wants to experience. We all know Shuri is a person of knowledge, always wanting to uh, be able to see what else is going on in the world and not just be, you know, tied to what everything that she sees. So, uh, yeah, she, they have a fantastic conversation, her and Namor, just basically about, you know, what's going on there. And you can see the mutual respect, right? It's not even about, um, the war or anything like that. It's like, I respect you guys for this particular, like, I understand now. Sure, you can see a lot of Wakanda inside of, um, um, the capital city, right? So she can, she understands what this looks like, right? What, um what everything is and i mean again let's uh um i'm gonna say his name wrong but tonak tonach hueta was fantastic um he did a very good job at being <laughs> pretty much how namor is right very namor is a person who cares deeply about his people right he cares about his people he has no care for the, the surface world but he cares about his people and he cares about making sure they are, you know, protected and they're, you know, very, you know, strong characters and strong warriors because he doesn't want them to suffer the same fate that he did as a kid where when he went to go back to get his mother and to bury her that, you know, they were trying to colonize his homeland and he, had, you know, he didn't want that for his people. So he does a really good job at he did a really good job at playing the asshole like when he needed to, because that's what Namor is. 
Like no matter what anyone says, Namor is an asshole. Um, and he, but he also had a nice wittiness to him. Um, even with his comedic lines, he was well delivered. Uh, I think the representation of uh, Mexican culture was fantastic. Just the the you know the the paintings and and the way that they made him you know artistic, like he wasn't very and just the way that they presented themselves and the the jewelry and things like that just very well represented um and like i said i i i prefer those i love culture and um i love seeing different cultures and to have a character you know who who didn't have all of this right they didn't have this culture in the comic books and now we're giving this character this you know stronger backstory i feel um i think it works really well i think um again he has something to, to, he really has something to protect right now. He, he's protecting not only the things of, um, Tolican, but also just the, again, the culture of that is, is completely different. And, and I think they did a really good job at just establishing that. And even in that conversation where she's just like, they're basically like, you can't, like, you can't just take, you know, like we can't, I'm not going to side with you because of, you know, you, your guys's fear on this. Like, I understand what you're trying to protect. And Shuri says this, I understand what you're trying to do here, but it's very, you know, there's also different ways to do that, right? And Namor just says, I mean, I see it my way. Like, if you don't want to do that, then that's, you know, unfortunate that we can't be a, a allies because like, if I if you're not my ally, we're fighting. So um, during that time, obviously, uh, the queen wants, you know, introduces, uh, the queen needs someone to save because Okoye does get disbanded. Um, she needs someone to save Shuri and we call on um, Nakia. And Nakia's in Haiti, which as you get, I don't know if you guys know, but I, I mean, who, depending on who's listening, but I'm Haitian. So um, seeing, you know, Haitian culture, it, they, there was a, a lot of nuance to what we are, are, are watching because a lot of people no Haiti for, you know, being one, the, being the poorest country in, you know, the, um, this hemisphere, just, you know, just, there's a lot going on, but to see, uh, I really appreciated this because Ryan Coogler showed a side that, you know, a lot of people don't see of Haiti. Right. And the fact that Nakia and Lapita is speaking Creole and, um, you know, again, representation of these things, they, they do hit different, especially when you're seeing, your culture or you know in a in a light that you normally don't right so um shout out to ryan coogler for even putting you know haiti i that's not a place i thought we were going in this movie at all and um i was very happy to see that um but yeah so that 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 whole scene was you know very nice to see um but yeah she goes she ends up saving um she you know gets put on this mission to go make this save and I mean, shout out to Lupita knowing like five different languages. And she just like Spanish, Creole, English, Wakanda, Tolkien, like Tolkien. She, she, she just like everything. She just speaks every language. And uh, it was great to see that. Um, I also like how they <clears throat> varied the languages too, right? Because um, if you, in the subtitles, you would see that if they were speaking Wakandan, it was in yellow. If they were speaking Tolkien, uh, it was in blue, just so you could like see the difference. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Obviously, she goes in the saves. There's a casualty. A casualty means war. 
And then this is where I felt the movie really, really, really picked up was here. Because obviously we're going to war. Namor's going to find this and he's going to be really upset. And they're going to tackle Wakanda. And um, we know, you know, people, um, Shuri gets saved. Everyone's on high alert at this point. Um, we see M'Baku. Um, great. <laughs> Love seeing M'Baku. Always a great character to see. Very funny. Winston Duke is just, is great at the role. He um, embodies that role really well. He, you know, has this great comedic um, timing with the character, but also when he needs to be serious, he can be. And um, I think he plays that role per to perfection. And I understand why we can't see M'Baku as much, especially in this movie, uh, just because he's so good at the, the character that, um, and I don't feel like they diminished or sacrificed his character or his timing at all. Um, I just feel like it's harder to continue to put him into the movies like it, like for a more extended time because he can easily just take, he can take the role, right? He can take the role. He'll, he can be the, 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 the forefront and because he's just that good, you know what I mean? So, uh, we, you know, we see that before the whole attack on Wakanda. And I, like I said, I feel like this is when the movie really picks up because we see the way that they made Namor fight was absolutely fantastic. The way that he, looks like when he flies it looks like he's swimming in the air sometimes it looks like he was running kind of things like it looks so natural right it it and it's not it's just something that you would be like okay someone who's used to swimming would move the same way in the air because that's just what he's used to doing and man it looks so cool like him taking out those ships and everything like that i that's when i was like 100% sold on i was like okay well we've we've made namor look cool um, he looks great, like just the way that he's fighting, the way that he's attacking, the way that whole fight scene went just with the water being taking over Wakanda and things like that. Um, just how everything played out in that whole scene for me is when that movie really picked up there. And we're seeing, you know, this hardship of of now Wakanda being a place that usually usually cannot be infiltrated or attacked in a certain way um, is now being attacked. Right. And we we did see this in Endgame, but you know, it was kind of welcomed in it. In, I'm sorry, in an infinity war, it was welcomed in infinity war. Um, here is more of a surprise thing. So the whole fight plays out. It was awesome. I thought the, the scene looked fantastic. The, the aesthetics of this movie was, was absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I enjoyed that whole fight scene. And during that whole thing, we see that, you know, the queen actually gets hurt. Um, what they actually blow like they blow up the, the throne room with the uh Namor does with the queen in it and Riri. We see that Queen Ramonda goes and saves um Riri, and she actually we find out later that she sacrifices herself to save Riri, right? So now that gives Riri a deeper connection, obviously, with the queen. But now Shuri has lost pretty much everyone that she's ever like that she she's lost her whole family. So her dad, um, T'Challa. And now her mother. And um, I wasn't totally expecting that. That kind of took me by surprise. Um, just because, again, she was so fantastic in this role. Angela Bassett was playing this. So the scene where she, where Okoye gets, um, you know, basically where they, they take Okoye, like being from in the Dora Milaje, and she's basically telling, um, you know, because Okoye is saying, you know, I, I've given everything for this. And then 
just Angela Bassett saying like, you know, haven't I given everything? Like I have no one in my family left. My daughter's gone. Like I lost my son. You know what I mean? My husband's gone. Like, haven't I not sacrificed enough? Like, so it's like, how could you talk to her about sacrifice? Like, how dare you talk to her when she's given up everything for Wakanda, right? And she, Angela Bassett made us feel that. Like she 100% made us feel that. And I felt that to my soul. And she was absolutely stunning, fantastic. Um, she demanded the presence, which she demanded like us watching her. And I mean, I if if it was up to me, she would get nominated for an Academy Award. Of course, we know it's harder for comic book movies to get those kind of nominations, but she was absolutely fantastic. Um, and you know, the that that one was a hard death scene because again, um, Shuri loses everything, right? And the one thing that I loved about the death scene and just, you know, they, they played the tributes and everything like that. Winston, I mean, um, M'Baku has a conversation basically like, you know, where she's like, oh, you know, you, you know, they do the whole, um, you know, I'm not a little girl who's coughed at tradition anymore. Or like when she says that line and he says, you know, with all you, with, with all life has given you, like, you're not a little, you know, you're not a little child anymore. And, um, he knows that pain, like that pain is, is tough because she has no one left. And Shuri says a very important line where she's like, I just lost the last person who truly knows me. Right. And you could see that that turn is starting to happen. Um, just, which is very important, but we see that also this is kind of like making her, her brain work again. Like, should I, do I need to go back to tradition? Like, do I need to figure out what, what I can do to help my, you know, my country and help the, the people I care about. And we know that she was starting to make the heart shape, um, herb. And then she goes back to lab and starts to make it again. She, you know, puts everything aside to make it, um, so that they can do the tradition and, you know, hopefully she can become the black Panther. Um, and then it was a very important that we see, you know, the tradition, uh, happen because she said she does the thing and if you you know read the comics you would know Shuri was most was was going to take this over especially because of just because of um again the way that everything worked out uh <laughs> so you kind of knew but again a lot of people don't read the comics so making that assumption that people would know is a wrong one to make and <laughs> if the person's listening to this you know who I'm talking about but, um, again, it's, it's, you didn't know, like, you know, so we go through this, the ceremony, we go through everything a little bit differently. And she, you know, obviously we know once you take the heart shaped fruit, if it works, you are going to see someone in your past, or you're going to see the past black Panther. And if everyone remembers correctly, and you could have seen this coming, even though they didn't advertise this character, but technically uh at the end of uh the first <clears throat> the first black panther the person who was black panther technically was killmonger so uh we see this conversation with killmonger it actually makes a ton of sense we see michael b jordan um you know just being fantastic in the role again um we see michael b jordan we see his character we understand that you know, she is, 
She wants vengeance, right? And that's why she made this fruit again. That's why she's, you know, doing this at, because she there's a hatred there. And that was the same thing for Killmonger. Killmonger had the same kind of hate. And um, he was taking the throne for, you know, his own personal gain. Well, not his own personal gain because he felt like, you know, the world should know about the the technology. But he was doing it for his vengeance, right? And Shuri very much so did the same thing. So that whole scene where they're going through this and they're having this conversation and she's saying, you know, oh, I don't want this. Um, you know, where's my brother? Like, you know, where's my brother? Like, no one, you know, how is how how is it you that I'm seeing? And Killmarg is telling her, like, look, you're seeing me, of course, because like we know why you're here. Like you <laughs> you're here to gain this power and, you know, be this vengeance. And we hear this and she leaves um is a very upset, gets um mad. And then basically gets upset when she wakes up and she's just basically like, it didn't work. I didn't see anyone. You, we all know it was a lie. And then um, she had, ends up punching the thing. She ends up having the powers. She then also makes her get, gets her suit. She, you know, foregoes her brother's one and she gets a suit that's similar to, you know, to King Killmonger's suit. So that kind of should have given people a, a certain vibe there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she gets that, that, that suit uh, and then she meets up with everyone and basically says what the plan is to go ahead and fight. We see Riri make her, her Iron Man suit, her Mach 2, I think it, no, sorry, Mach 4, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can fact check me on that one. I'm not, I'm just saying it off the top, but I'm pretty sure it was Mach 4. She makes her suit. Um, and then we have the big showdown basically of, you know, what's going to happen with, you know, Namor and the Black, and now Shuri as the Black Panther. Uh, again, very beautiful fight scene. Um, they, they fight over the water. I thought it again, aesthetically looked great. Um, they find a way to obviously with the combination of Riri and Shuri find a way to disable Namor's powers by drying him out, which, uh, makes a lot of sense, right? Because she's always going back and forth into the water, um, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they, the, the, the whole fight, on the beach, I thought it was great because Namor was still winning the fight, even though, because he's more experienced than Shuri. At the end of the day, he should be winning that fight. He should, um, Shuri's only able to, to keep up because Namor is not at full strength. So, um, and it makes sense, right? Like that, that whole fight scene to me makes sense. Uh, it was a very important fight scene. We see the, everything going on to the thing. Um, we do see that Okoye gets the Midnight Angel, um, title and costume, um, the Midnight Angels is a comic book uh, reference. Uh, they don't have those suits, though, um, which I I don't know how I feel about the suits. I didn't love the suits. I understand why we had the suits uh, just because, you know, you're fighting people who have superhuman strength and you kind of need to think. But you're also having other people fight people with human human strength. So probably we didn't need the costume and you could have probably just called them the Midnight Angels because they're the banished Dora Milaje, or you could have just made a sub branch of the Dora Milaje. I feel like we could have done it that way. Either way, that's okay. Um, I, I think it would get a little bit getting used to the costume. I didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of them, but um, yeah, so we see that again, that fight plays out. Um, basically, you know, we're, we're having two fights at the same. There was a sick transition where it went from the fight scene on the beat on, on the desert to back to the thing where 
Ryan Coogler does this transition through the water that looks fantastic. If you guys, when you guys, if you guys watch it again, and um, yeah, that that fight scene, we also see Namor stab Shuri, uh, and I thought that was it. Like I knew Shuri was going to come back, but it's also one of those shocking moments where it's just like, oh snap! Like <laughs> it kind of like takes you out of your, you know, oh this is going to happen thing because I didn't think that that stab was going to happen, and um, you know, Shuri basically starts looking back at just, you know, all the things and seeing that what's going on and trying to, you know, fight this whole scene. And then she, you know, that, that happens. And then she ends up toughening it out, taking the spear out, stopping Namor from getting to the water, ends up burning him with the ship on his back. And basically, you know, is going in for the kill. And then again, like I was talking about earlier, uh, before she does that, she, basically tells him to yield and kind of well before the yield before she tells him to yield she tells him like she's seeing the the uh resemblance of his city and her city right and just and her country and seeing the similarities and seeing the children and the technology and all that stuff and not wanting to be vengeance and being more like her brother right and just also just seeing you know again like just wanting to, you know, that's not what her mother would have wanted. That's not what T'Challa would have wanted to, for you to kill this guy. And, um, basically, you know, she, she tells him to yield and the, you know, basically lays out what she would want. And, um, I thought that was a really cool scene because she's, you know, basically seeing Wakanda and there, she's seeing the, the similarities and why if he, if he gets killed, how, those people could be lost, especially with the way that, you know, you just lost T'Challa, right? So it, it kind of goes full circle to where like, why am I going to take away their, their King or, you know, and then leave these people out to, to, you know, fend for themselves. Like it wouldn't be the right move. So we end up seeing that whole fight scene happen. Um, the, the yield happens, they go back, they kind of name more tells everyone to chill, let's stop fighting. And that kind of starts the, you know, the wrapping up of the, the action scenes and, and everything like that. And now we're just going to go into pretty much, you know, the sad stuff and how everything, you know, Riri, uh, be, was in her, in her suit, um, helping fight and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then we get back to Wakanda and, and Shuri's like, you know, we can't let you take that suit. Um, which, you know, obviously we, she can't go in with a, a full Wakanda suit, uh, because that suit's going to be too OP, especially because she's having her own show. We know she doesn't need <laughs> that for her TV show, like, because that's a bit much. Um, and then, yeah, but you see Shuri makes her a car and obviously wants to keep in touch with her. So that way, you know, that that relationship. And I thought they they handled that whole situation good because I didn't know how they were going to incorporate Riri into this story. And I feel like they did a really good job with the way that they incorporated her. So I, I was, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and we just see, you know, people like all these stories get, getting pretty much closed out. And, um, you know, Nakia wants Shuri to go back to Haiti to, you know, kind of see things. And then we see the ritual again, right? Where the Black Panther ritual happens. And, um, you know, everyone, all the parties are there. And, you know, they expect to see Shuri. And then M'Baku actually comes out. And then he says, you know, I want to be, you know, I'm, I'm putting my hat in for ruler, which I think works perfect, right? He, he should be the ruler, um, of Wakanda, especially while Shuri tries to kind of, 
you know, understand what's going on and kind of like planning the heart shaped herbs and stuff like that. So I'm not sure she's going to be, you know, how long she's going to be Black Panther for. Um, I think they done, I think they kind of hinted at that, you know, we might see a little bit, we might see something different. Um, we might see, you know, she might play it for a little while, but she, she wants to take some time, obviously of all the things. And then she goes to Haiti. She does the ritual, um, that she was going to do with her mother to finally close that chapter. And then we see the flashbacks of Chadwick and, um, just all the scenes in, in, um, Black Panther one. Uh, and it was, that was a tough one. Another tough one because I was crying with her. Like, um, again, this, this movie was very much about just hardship and the way that you have to hand, like handling grief, um, just how to, you know, how to handle grief in, in such a tough situation, right? Like it, it so much more than just the, like, again, the passing of Chadwick It's just, it's just, this movie was about grief and how someone can be broken down and what grief can make you do if you don't handle it correctly. And just life in general, it, it, um, Ryan Coogler, like I said, with the situation he had just did such a phenomenal job that, you know, of just exploring these different, uh, kind of things. And I, I thought the movie itself was, you know, really good. I the movie was fantastic in my opinion. Um, just how it tackled all these issues and um, it at some points, you know, again, it it really didn't feel even the way that this movie was shot didn't really feel like a Marvel movie at times um, un until you were seeing the characters. So, yeah, it was it was a very interesting with the way that everything got um, portrayed. And we see him. We see her do that ritual. We see her crying. And then um, our mid credit scene is Nakia showing us her child who is, you know, who's called, whose name is Toussaint. And for those who don't know, Toussaint is a very, one of the Haitian founding fathers. Um, so in 1804, so it's a, you know, it's a very heroic name, um, especially in, in, you know, in Haitian culture. So that's why Shuri says, you know, that's a very beautiful name. Uh, that name has a lot of meaning. And, um, you know, basically we find out that T'Challa had a child, right? And um, that made a lot of sense because it closed up the whole gap of, you know, why Nakia wasn't in Endgame or in uh, Infinity War. You know, he kind of, you know, was on the, she got sent there for a reason because he didn't want her to have to deal with that while bearing child. So it gives us a closure on where she was during that time. And I think, you know, very important. And then, when the, the, you know, obviously Shuri sees that she has a nephew and, um, basically, you know, he says, well, you know, Toussaint is not my, that's my Haitian name, but you know, my real name is, you know, my Wakandan name is T'Challa and I'm son of King T'Challa. And, you know, obviously all of us, I mean, I broke, you know, that was a, <laughs> the, you know, just more tears for us. And, um, this was the way they were going to use do the the recasting, right? Um, we don't necessarily need T'Challa to be grown right now, especially with that situation. But this is, I think, a tasteful way of doing it because, again, we have to put in some of the real world elements into this. You now give us a child named T'Challa. Also, he can still very much get into the same kind of, you know, 
things that T'Challa was supposed to get into um, just because the way that the story was played out, the way that the movie was played out. Um, because now anything further on, it can still be related to this, especially because if you're planning on doing movies for as long as they plan on doing movies. And again, you do have the whole element with, you know, Kang arriving and, and the way that time can now be fluctuated because we can have a scenario where T'Challa's kid is grown. Um, or, you know, from an, there, there's a bunch of things you can do that they, if they wanted to, this is a good way to do it. Cause then it makes it a little bit more easier to transition because it's his son. Um, as far as being the person who, you know, the person who takes over the T'Challa role. So, uh, I think that was a, a good tasteful way to do it. Uh, again, that might not be their solid plan. We don't know what the future holds for that, but, um, I thought it was a smart way to honor their, again, T'Challa himself and their friend Chadwick Boseman. So overall, I thought this movie was great. I loved every second of this movie. Um, like I said, I, I wouldn't say every second, but like I said, for me, I thought it could have been about you know, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, a little shorter. But besides that, I, I'm never going to complain about getting more of a movie, um, especially when it's good. Um, I enjoyed every second. Uh, it was, you know, very good movie, very emotional, very, you know, nice world building for uh, to, to, to just bring in a whole nother race of of people and um overall for me I, I i there's you know there's so much more i could have talked about and i probably will break it down because this was already an hour and um yeah it's just for me i i enjoyed it i i've seen it twice already now and yeah i felt the same way the first time the second time that when i saw it the first so i thought they did a uh, with you know i thought they did a great job and i don't even want to say you know with what they had because they like, I don't want it that to sound like it's being because of the situation. It was a good movie. It was a good movie regardless. It was a great movie regardless. It's just, again, when you add those circumstances, and especially in this circumstance, I think it's very important to put that into context when you're talking about this movie also. And we won't do that with all the movies, but this movie had a very, very different context that um, the other movies won't, won't have. And um, I think that's important. So. Overall, like I said, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I hope you guys let me know what you guys think. I would love to hear and talk about this with other people. So please message me, uh, Twitter at nucleus, uh, nucleus of chaos, uh, same thing on, on Insta. So if you guys, you know, have opinions, just please let me know. Cause I would love to talk about it more. I might, I might do another one just, you know, with people so I could hear what other people's opinions are and stuff like that. But I just wanted to give out my initial review also and i mean you guys have been listening to talk for an hour if you stuck around this long thank you so much guys for listening uh that is going to be it for this episode uh again if you guys like the content please like subscribe do all that good stuff um and you know review on the the podcast networks because that helps also so until next time fire team out